Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by hipstersofthecoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. These kids don't know how to cover and move. They just they all group together, so you just pop up from behind a bunker, mow, mow down like six or seven kids all grouped together, pop back down, find another spot, do the same thing over and over and over again. It was hilarious. That sounds like a good soundbite to take out of context. Magic is power. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I'm your legacy newbie. With me, with me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry Me. What's up, Jerry? Like a fly fly in your face pad? or uh... You know, the Cowboys <laughs> The Cowboys botched their, uh, the, the, their game last night. The Patriots lost last week. I mean, I'm just in the dumps right now, man. That's what it is, you know? Man, it's fumbling hard. Fumbling the ball away. It's hard. Yeah, fumbling, fumbling. I don't know. I was going to make some innuendo with your tongue in football, but it just didn't sound right in my head. And <laughs> I just decided to leave it at that. That's okay. That's, yeah, you know what? That's probably better that way. Yeah, probably, doing, it's, it's for the best. <laughs> yeah, it's for sure. For sure. I'm great. I didn't have the day off today like everyone else in the country, but other than that, it was pretty good. Yeah, today's uh, Veterans Day, and of course, uh, you know, thank you to the uh, the veterans who have uh, who have served in our military branches, uh, making sure that you uh, make sure that you and I have a place to talk freely, Jerry. It's a wonderful thing. Yes, it's also <laughs> it's also great for I don't know whatever activities take place on Veterans Day, but I was not participating in them. I uh, took my kids to a laser tag birthday party, which was fun. <laughs> you celebrated Veterans Day with laser tag. That's <laughs> bro. I killed so many kids in laser tag today. It was awesome. Oh jeez, <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, being being thirty four and playing against a bunch of seven and eight year olds, you have a clear. Oh advantage. yeah, it's pretty yeah. <laughs> These kids don't know how to cover and move. They just they all group together, so you just pop up from behind a bunker, mow, mow down like six or seven kids all grouped together, pop back down, find another spot, do the same thing over and over and over again. It was hilarious. Oh, man. That yeah, sounds man. like a good soundbite to take out of context. <laughs> hey, man. It was a good time. I, I have no regrets. No regrets. Um, all right. Well, let's get into uh, the episode real quick. I do want to thank our newest patron, Russell Herrick. Thank you so much for joining the uh, the Patreon family there. We appreciate it. Uh, we couldn't do the cast without your guys' support. If you want to support the show directly, of course, it's patreon.com slash legacy. Jump on the Discord there, and I have a bunch of play mats and more rewards shipping out this week, so keep your eyes, keep your eyes out for those. Um, we also have our Pioneer event coming up, Jerry, in uh, December. Are you ready for that? I am. Well, also, I just noticed that uh, Veil of Summer got banned in Pioneer today, which is great. I think they should ban more cards, because... Every card they ban in Pioneer is one less card I actually have to know for this event. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I knew that was going to be your reaction, Jerry. Thank you so much for doing exactly what I thought you were going to do. It is incredibly comforting. Uh, you're welcome. Life is life is a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's coming up uh, December 13th, I believe. Uh, it's a Saturday in December, second Saturday in December, I believe. Uh, should be an awesome time. I'm really excited. Uh Jerry and I have played uh, very limited amounts of of uh, Pioneer. Yeah, December, I'm sorry, December fourteenth. My mistake. Uh, we've played very little Pioneer, but uh, I'm really excited about it. I'm super pumped to see the new format, uh, and it's replaced Legacy. So I guess that we're just uh, uh, we're Pioneer bleh, now, Jerry. Bleh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. 
No, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Uh, I know people are hyped for the event, so we talked about it at the last LAL Open doing this one. It's not replacing our legacy events because we're gonna be announcing that hopefully in January, sometime around there. So for the next LAL Open, uh, but this Pioneer one just a fun thing to get the get the format kind of kick started over here in New England. So it should be should be a good time. Hell yeah. Looking forward to it. All right, Jerry. Well, we have uh, – I know, I know he popped into the uh, the intro there, but can you uh, introduce our guest this week? A long time coming. I bro. know. Well, I've been planning on doing it for a while, and I, I finally got around to it. And <laughs> Story of your life, Jerry. I've been planning on doing this for a while. Man, I've been planning on solving, solving the world's problems. Just I need to get around to it. <laughs> but, yes, gracing us on the cast this week. Uh, we have Chase, better known as Strifo. How's it going, man? It's going really well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, definitely. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, wanted to talk to you about a couple things. Uh, but before we kind of get into that, for some of our listeners who might not have heard of you, uh, how, how would people kind of know you in the uh, legacy community? That really depends on when you knew me. Uh, about 10 years ago i was that kid in washington that played reanimator over and over and over again and then i top four to gp in uh, 2015 playing reanimator and then after that you probably knew me from playing crazy control piles because yes (laughs) after that event i basically stopped playing reanimator (laughs) (laughs) uh yes well so your magic online username is strafo and it's it's right it's a rare honor that not many in the community get but uh your username has become synonymous with a type of deck namely the strafo pile yeah it's it's kind of lucky for me i guess because uh i used to play on my buddy's account clashed for a very long time and i was playing that deck for probably two years on that account before I started playing it on my own. <laughs> <laughs> so just some, some rebranding is what you needed. The marketing team came in. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> I guess people didn't like clashed pile. <laughs> yeah. So did it just like happen organically? Like, how, like I'm sure people are wondering, like, how do you like very few people in magic have decks named after them. Um, so it's, it's interesting to see like how these things come about. Yeah. I mean, I don't call it. <laughs> humble as always <laughs> listen i've been trying to get jerry memes magical mystery tour to take off for years yeah but so, sadly sneaky show has not been renamed jerry memes crap yet, so. <laughs> oh so uh but yeah you just like people just started it would just happen kind of naturally or is there any history to it you know uh, yeah i think people just got tired of or needed some way of di- differentiating the four color decks. And since I'm basically the only one that ever plays it, or I was for a long time until people, other people started, you know, getting in enough reps to have success with it or being mm-hmm. Edgar Magiesh. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's sort of when people needed a, a tool to differentiate it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so what kind of uh, sets Strifo pile apart from like Grixis pile or four color pile? Um, you know, what, what kind of is the, the hallmarks of the deck? Really? It's the punishing fire grove of the Burnwillows engine alongside Dak Faden. Uh, mm-hmm. you got the punishing fire to basically beat every single control mirror. Although Ren and six kind of has leveled the playing field a little, um, uh, before Ren and six, it wasn't close and now it's a little close, but you're still favored. 
and then uh, the Dak Faden people people don't people always try to write that card off, but it's like it gives every matchup a lot more wiggle room because you can play powerful cards that you can discard with Dak Faden, and when you when it's a bad matchup for them or like just completely annihilate people when it's a good matchup for for those cards. Yeah, that is something to note. Um, so the pile deck does have a lot of planeswalkers in it, and even though coming up against some pretty heavy hitters of classically Jace the Mind Sculptor, and then the new kids on the block, Oko and Renin Six, uh, you're running three copies of Dak Faden, whereas all the others you're only running two or one copy. So you know Dak Faden of the planeswalkers in the planeswalker deck, Dak Faden is the one you want to see most often. Yeah, he's the easiest to cast. Uh... I think I think he's a little easier to cast than Oko, maybe about the same. But he finds all the tools you need, and he's good in every matchup. Whereas the other ones are situa- situationally good. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we have your most recent lists. I'm sure a list like this kind of fluctuates a lot. There, it looks like there's a lot of flex slots in this list. <laughs> Is the whole deck the whole deck a flex slot? Is that how it works? I, I mean, it's kind of funny. I. I switch up my deck fairly slowly because i like to know what every change i'm doing is is affecting uh and mm-hmm. so i guess that's like the scientist in me but uh <laughs> people always send me messages like is this a card that we can play in the deck i'm like yeah sure go for it <laughs> you can play whatever you want you're playing four colors <laughs> Uh, so let's run down the most recent iteration of the deck. Looks like this is a list that you went 6-1 in the challenge with on November 3rd. Um, we got three Snapcasters, two Tarmogoyfs, one Brazen Borrower. Love that card. Uh, two Plague Engineers, two Renin Six, three Dak Faden, one Oko, one Jace. Uh, sorry, two Jace. Four Brainstorm, one Inquisition of Konazalek, four Ponder, one Spell Snare, two Thoughtseize, one Abrupt Decay, two Assassin's Trophy, two Drown in the Lock, two Punishing Fire, four Force of Will, and then for lands, one Badlands, one Bayou, three Groves, one Island, uh, four Deltas, three Scowling Tyrants, a Swamp, two Tropicals, two Undergrounds, Verdant Catacombs, and finally, two Volcanic Islands. That is a mouthful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um so it looks like you kind of have uh as far as like the deck and spell suite is broken up uh you have a, just a lot of really powerful answers to stuff the assassin's trophy the abrupt decay the drown in the lock though the punishing fire combo uh ad, of course as well but it just looks like this car this deck can just like annihilate a board presence <laughs> that's the goal yeah it uh yeah, all, all those cards need to be powerful because if you also notice, it's playing the most fair game, I would say, of any deck in Legacy. There's no mana denial. There's basically no free wins with this deck. Yeah, you're fighting for each and every win. Um, but at the same time, this deck seems like it's just a value machine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um. Popping over to the uh, the creature suite, how's the uh, brazen borrower been going for you? The new kid on the block. Um, it's really good. I yeah. I I tried it. That was the first event that I tried it in, and I really liked it. And I picked one up to play this last weekend, and it was it was great. Now uh, I've been playing a lot in sneak and show, 
but really I'm essentially only using it for the petty theft and occasionally I'm casting it for the creature side. Um, but really the creature side is just kind of pure upside for me. Yeah. Like how much of this is a, is a value creature when you play it? Well, the spot that it used to take up was tyrant scorn, which was better against Tarmogoyf, but worse against everything else. So I really like having it as a creature to just turn the corner against a deck like reanimator or storm or something. Cause it's, frequent play pattern is you're just holding up mana and like bluffing that you have literally anything and then at the end of the turn you dump down a guy uh also the fact that it can bounce a blood moon off of basic island is really really important for this deck (laughs) yeah definitely (laughs) uh yeah blood moon i'm sure it gives you a huge headache yeah um now how i feel what i've been experienced with brazen borrower is it it like is this card that rewards you to wait, but sometimes you just wait too long, and then you would have just been re- way better off casting a three three power flyer like three turns ago, but you decided to hold off on it. Are you do you have kind of a similar experience, or do you just fire this off, you know, pretty quickly? Um, it sort of depends on the matchup. I was I've had I've had the experience go both ways, where it was very obvious that I was supposed to play it early, uh, and and I, or maybe, or sorry, it wasn't obvious that I was supposed to play it early and I did, and it worked out great. Uh, and then another mm-hmm. time where it wasn't obvious that I was supposed to play it early, uh, and I, I did, and it just blew up in my face. So it, it, it's a hard card to evaluate. Yeah. It's, it's, de- that's what I think I like about it is it's a very interesting card and, uh, leads to quite a few lines of play that can, can make or break a matchup. Absolutely. And I mean, the, part of the theme of my deck is just an insane learning curve. So adding more cards is uh, that (laughs) that are on, on brand is uh, I I like it. Yeah. Uh, I guess to kind of explain to walk it back a bit, I kind of take for granted that most people know the combo already because we've talked about it on a few episodes. Uh, I like it comboed with a thing in the ice, but uh, the Dak fade in punishing fire grove of the burn willows combo. Can you walk us through that? Uh, Yeah, it's actually as, multi-step combo uh, <laughs> have you ever had a three card a three card combo that takes multiple turns to pull off and doesn't win the game on the spot <laughs> then i've got a combo for you <laughs> yeah there's a if you ever drop by my stream they have uh multiple copy pastas for when when i get this going <laughs> it's a it's a grand old time but uh so basically you you play this Punishing Fire, Grove of the Burn Willows combo. It's just a, you know, solid creature removal package or Planeswalker removals. Kind of in this meta more often what it turns into doing. Uh, and when they don't have stuff to do uh, or to target, you just throw it away with Dak Faden, pick it back up. So you're essentially plus one on the Dak Faden ultimate, or excuse me, on the Dak Faden plus ability, rather than, you know, going, going even every time. And you often get build a lot of advantage very quickly, especially if you have two both punishing fires. Yeah, for those who don't know, Dax plus ability is basically a loot effect. It uh, draws two cards, discard two cards. But yeah. if you're constantly just picking up punishing fires and discarding punishing fires, you're essentially opponent gains one life, draw a card. <laughs> yeah, and the lesser used but definitely powerful 
part side of the combo is that once you ultimate Dak, if you have punishing fires, your opponent doesn't get uh, creatures or planeswalkers for the rest of the game. Uh, you get them instead, yep. <laughs> which is uh, <laughs> which is a very powerful effect. Yeah, definitely. And and. and... Oh. Go ahead. Yeah, people who have play, who play this deck uh, frequently say, you know, most planeswalkers shouldn't be evaluated by their ultimate, but you ultimate deck in this deck a lot. Like it's pretty easy to ultimate deck. The deck is built to do that. I don't like. I feel players have like blinders on, or they've been like Pavlovian conditioned, but no one ever sees deck as a threat in my experience. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. When, Cause when I was playing, I was playing a similar, I was playing the punishing ice builds, which was Dak Grove and a uh, thing in the ice and people would never remove Dak. They would never counter Dak. Uh, like it, it just blew my mind how, how little people care about Dak and then it blows up in their face. <laughs> yeah. There's, there've been a lot of times where, I'll comment on stream that my opponent has a chance to kill Dak and instead they do like four extra damage to me. Uh, and then two turns later after I've drawn, you know, all these extra cards to remove their entire board, I ultimate Dak and they're like, Oh, well, <laughs> I guess the game's over now. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely take advantage of that. Maybe we're spoiling that a bit by uh, talking about it on the episode, but uh, yeah, people definitely undervalue Dax effectiveness. Yeah. At the same time, planeswalkers frequently are big game life spells and I'm, I'm okay with that mode too. Right. Exactly. Uh, so how is the deck positioned in the meta right now? I mean, it feels like you match up well against like the Renin six base rug decks. Um. If you have a sideboard plan, you can beat everything except for maybe burn and 12 post. 12 post with, sorry, exclusively a 12 post that's also playing Eye of Ugin. The, the Planeswalker post deck is fine. I, I, have, I have a winning record against everything that's not burn right now. That's pretty good for a deck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I also have tons and tons and tons of experience, but... Yeah, I mean, that's traditionally what we see. Usually the decks with the highest win percentage are also decks that are the hardest to pilot. Like, I think, mir like, old school Miracles before the Sensei's top banning. Um, you know, I think of, like, that, uh, that fault, that's kind of a prime example of it, that it's okay that these decks have such high win percentages because the vast majority of pilots aren't able to play it in that way in order to get those optimal win percentages. Yeah, I feel like that's actually part of the problem of these these new cards is that uh or, or like these new top decks i don't think grixis delver was that hard to play and i don't think rug delver is that hard to play at a very mm -hmm. uh, you know reasonable level obviously there are players that are you know better and worse but the deck is much more forgiving than something than you know some other decks right hmm. yeah I mean, especially Ren and Six. Ren and Six can just yeah, really it's, <laughs> fix fix a lot of problems. It's it's silly how how good that card is. Hate it. Uh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I'll I actually, yeah. I'll talk about how much I like Planeswalkers, but I don't like Ren and Six. <laughs> um, it's actually surprising. Uh, another thing I just wanted to point out: I think your deck might be the most expensive Magic Online deck I have ever seen. Yeah, it's like coming in close to seven hundred dollars in Magic Online. Yeah. And, <laughs> over five thousand in paper like that's insane for a for a legacy deck i'm surprised it costs that much on magic online it has to be because of the 
I guess surgicals are kind of expensive. Ren and six and Oko are kind of expensive. I guess I guess a yeah, big chunk. The Ren comes and six doesn't those. help for sure. Yeah, the big thing is the two Ren and six online is a hundred and seventy five bucks. Okay, yeah. So that's a big chunk of the deck's value right there. Yeah, but still like fifty one hundred dollars in paper, and no tabernacles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, deck's deck's not cheap. It's impressive. That's impressive. Um, but yeah, I mean, so deck's pretty well positioned in the matter. What are what are so burn is really your only hard matchup. I would also say, like on paper at least, it looks like you wouldn't have the best matchups against combo decks. How do those games typically play out? That's what everyone always. Uh, always says and it's interesting that uh (laughs) that's that's the thing that people look at but i think it's really just understanding like playing the matchup enough times you realize oh this is what this matchup is about and then you develop and execute a game plan like when i talk to cyrus he he will agree most or at least when he talks to me maybe he doesn't really agree but i I think cyrus would tell me the truth that uh the, the he's a pretty real guy yeah yeah uh, he he will say, you know, if you want to learn how to play against combo with these weird control decks, just go watch, <laughs> go watch me play because it, uh, I I, you know, have played the matchup enough times that I can develop, I develop the strategy and it tends to work. Uh, a lot of the matchups come down to an asymmetry of information. And if you just think through all the ways you can lose and then play to not do that, <laughs> then uh, then you can get there. Uh, and and honestly, those matchups can be a lot of fun. I love playing against Storm. Uh, I don't really like playing against Black Red. That's there's not a lot going on in that matchup. But Sneak and Show is really fun too. I I find it fun. Uh, any 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 game that goes later than like turn three is. You know, it becomes very, very interesting. Yeah, for sure. That's I feel that's why people say you don't have a very good matchup on paper is like looking at the deck. This deck just doesn't look like it has a clock. Like you have two Tarmogoyf, really. <laughs> yeah. And I and it feels like all the rest of the damage is just coming from like nickeling and diming your opponent. And that that's absolutely true. Uh, you don't have a real clock, but Dak Faden and Jace the Mind Sculptor are, are clocks. They may not look like it because they don't do damage, but you can lock people out of the game real quick. Uh, and with Dak, you know, people who don't quite understand how to play against combo will look at the deck and say, well, that's Force of Will and maybe three discard spells and then 53 blank pieces of cardboard. Uh, but Dak Faden turns your quote-unquote black Blank mm-hmm. pieces of cardboard into Force of Wills and discard spells, and now Drown and <laughs> yeah, Walk actually has been, you know, a, a big help in that spot. But even before then, you turned turned your dead cards into live ones. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh, uh, so you recently went to a uh, tournament out on the West Coast with this. Uh, what what was that event? Yeah, so it was called the Puget Sound Battleground Two. Uh, epic name for a tournament yeah my my buddy's got a flair for the dramatic uh my my friend dylan uh he's owned this card shop geek fortress for Mm -hmm. like six and a half years now and he put on one of these events last year called the first puget sound battleground uh and it was you know a big success and he decided to throw another one it was a 
Legacy event capped at 156, a modern event capped at two, a little over 200, and then a Team Trios event on the following day that was standard modern Legacy. Uh, and it was not exactly 100% prize payout because he had to rent uh, he had to rent a ballroom at an arena and it costs money to do that but everything that didn't go into uh, the expenses uh, was paid out from entry fees and it was a pretty good payout for sure definitely so how many people went um, so for the legacy event there were a hundred people mm-hmm. um, for the modern event there were I think 160 and then there were 60 teams uh, so, the sounds like a mini GP almost yeah it was cool. and there were side events firing all, all the time there was uh, uh, I know there were a few powered cubes uh, that were floating around because there's a lot of power in this Seattle area and people that are willing to cube with it um, there was old school there was a big canlander side event um, there was there was all sorts of fun side events that were going on all weekend it was it was an amazing event absolutely and i i think that we really need to rally around these kinds of events because they're amazingly fun and uh they really help you know bring the community together and i think i think that's great one of the things i like about events like that too is like when you're not lining the pockets of like a of a company when it, when it's just like you know the money that goes to like paying judges, paying staff, and then the rest is payouts. Like the value is very good, which is which is awesome because that will attract like some number of legacy players and eternal magic players. But at the same time, it just it keeps it seems to keep the costs around, like across the board down for everyone. It just it just makes the, the events very in- enticing to go to and fun for uh, people to attend. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, uh, there are some uh, cool people from the community there. I saw uh, our friend Jordan, Ulandon looked like, which I didn't think Ulandon's local to Seattle. Uh, he drove in from Portland, so it was a ah, little bit okay. of a drive for him, but not too bad. Nice. Um, so how did the uh, event go for you? Um, let's see. So the singles legacy event, we'll call it singles, I guess. Uh, I started off. You know, I I was a little nervous. I don't play Paper Magic. I was, like, really worried that I was going to knock someone's deck over (laughs) while shuffling. Because, like, these are are skills that you don't need on Magic Online. And there's (laughs) there's no paper scene really around me. So I was, was, like, really nervous about that kind of stuff. Not so much the playing, but, like, just will I knock someone's cards over? Um, But I got over that, and I started off uh 4-0 i beat i think death shadow then drug delver then i i don't i don't remember what else but uh i i started off strong and it was a seven round event so i needed one i had back-to-back winning ends and i somehow managed to lose both of them to good matchups and then uh, i played a a really fun match against uh brian willard gordon who's uh he's like a pretty well-known West Coast player. I think he he's been on a few PTs. I'm not sure if he's still playing on them, but he's a very good player on Red Delver, and those were some intense matches. We went to time, but uh, he was far enough behind that he conceded. So it was uh, I, I ended up just out of top eight, but it was it was a lot of fun. 
And then uh, in the trios, I when I realized I was going to this event, I posted in the stores page because I, I wanted to play with people that I knew. Uh, I was like, hey, I'm looking for a team. I'll play, I'll play Legacy. And in like 30 seconds, I got a message from someone. I'll, I'll pick you up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> and uh, and uh, the first round I, I got... So I think a team trios is is cool, but I I think they really need to add like five minutes to the clock or something like that, because people talk to their teammates mm-hmm. a lot. And my first round went to time because of this, uh, and I ended up getting a draw uh, for at least my match. Luckily, one of my teammates won, but our our match went win draw draw. Uh, but the the board state for my draw was me with seven cards in hand. Uh, Dak Faden, Jace the Mind Sculptor, Lee of Old, Brennan Six Emblem with Stocked Graveyard. I had basically every relevant spell in my deck in the yard, uh, so I could cast it. Uh, and I had Punishing Fire. I don't remember if I had a Grove, but it didn't matter. Uh, and my opponent had uh, maybe seven lands and was Hellbent, and they were playing Snow Control. So it was <laughs> they were not winning this game. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so how many draws did you have over the course of the tournament? Um, that was the only one that I, our team personally had. Um, but there were a lot of matches that were going uh, well beyond time. And I think that this is a big uh, contributor to that. Interesting. Uh, how I, I feel you probably don't have this uh, issue anymore, but how big of a deal is going to time for this deck? Because being a control deck, uh, you know, the clock is usually a factor for these types of decks. Um, in paper, I have never gone to time. Uh, I've except for this one where my opponent was talking to their team for a lot of the match. Um, mm-hmm. You can usually speed people up because you know what deck you're playing. Um, but I will also say that I have over 3,000 matches with the deck. Uh, I know my lines. And so the only time that's really being wasted is how long I'm shuffling or something like this, which most decks in the format have to deal with. So, uh, it's a problem if you don't have practice. People have told me this, like, how do you ever finish rounds with this deck? <laughs> uh, but but if you just get in your reps, you can you can finish. Um, and online, I uh, this may, might sound arrogant, but this is just my experience. I play faster than basically anyone that I've ever played against online, mm-hmm. and I'm always up on clock. So, so the clock online actually works in my favor. <laughs> <laughs> I think the last time we uh, we played online, uh, when I looked at the clock at the end of the match, like you probably had ten extra minutes on your clock compared to mine. <laughs> yeah, I, I play I am, pretty fast. I'm I'm a, I'm terrible with playing online. I suffer from Netflixitis when I play Magic <laughs> Online, and then I realize that like oh, I only got five minutes left in this match. I better power through this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine there's a lot of that. I like sometimes I'll watch YouTube videos or something, but there's uh, so, some 
times I, I just can't explain why my opponent is going too, so slow. I, I imagine it's some they're you know they're busy they're doing something else, but uh, it's it's really it, there's a wide range of of amounts of time that people take to make plays. Yeah, for sure, uh, and. I kind of like that about Magic Online. Each person has their own clock, and they can do with it what they want. You know, if they want to goof off and lose matches because, um, you know, they ran out of time, maybe you got that win, you get those those points in your bracket. Um, and I, I do, I get more frustrated in paper. You know, when I, when it comes to a draw, there's always a little bit of blame assigned yeah. on whose fault it was. Uh, Magic Online doesn't have that, which is nice. Yeah, I really like that, and. I mean, I don't, I don't ever, you know, look down at my opponents for taking more time or anything like that. I mean, I, I play fast. Um, everyone can play at whatever pace they want. It does bother me though when people realize they lose and then decide that they're going to wait out the inactivity timer. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. I mean, that's just being <laughs> a dick. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, getting back to the team, team event, oh, uh, the rest of it. Yeah. Life. Yeah. So after that one, uh, my, luckily one of my teammates pulled through, so that was cool. And, uh, we ended up again in a, a 4-0 spot. Uh, it was interesting. None of my matches in the entire tournament mattered. Uh, because if I, <laughs> <laughs> you could have stayed at home. <laughs> if, if, if I had won, uh, if, if I won both of my teammates either won or lost and if i lost the same so it was really just uh it was it was interesting how it how it turned out um but we there were a lot of good matches uh, i played against chris van meter uh he he was on uh, turbo depths that was pretty cool um i played uh and, and then uh, so after we were 4-0 uh, we had uh, the opportunity to draw because uh, it was a six-round event, 402 with top eight, um, and we got paired down so they couldn't draw. <laughs> and uh, oh, geez, <laughs> it, it was it was sweet. I play, I sit down, my opponent mulligans to five. I'm like, oh, this is okay. My opponent mulligans to five, and then they go uh, mana confluence, uh, and then some. Uh, cabal therapy target myself and i'm like okay <laughs> dredge great uh dredge is not a good matchup yeah <laughs> and and especially game one and uh i was able to uh finagle the game to a point where i was at two life and my opponent had three cards left in their library and uh i actually spent a few turns forgetting that i could uh cast my brazen borrower that would have made this game way easy but I completely forgot about it until I started sideboarding. Like, oh, this card was here. I could have, I could have used it again <laughs> to to block a future nymph. <laughs> that would have made made life easy. But I, I didn't, I didn't notice it. You know, it's a new card. I don't have a ton of experience with. And then uh, I ended up with the line of Dak Faden target you, put him to one card in library. He drew his card, couldn't kill me on his turn, and then he died because of Dak Faden. <laughs> i love the the kill with dak by decking oh yeah <laughs> when people uh on online this happens all the time where you ultimate jason and they'll be like well i'm gonna try to clock you which 
never works. Don't even try. <laughs> uh, uh, and then I just DAC plus them and they're like, oh, I guess I don't even get those two extra turns that I wanted. Pretty much. Yeah. And then I, I, I was able to win game two because uh, I kept a no land double surgical hand on six. I didn't think any five was going to be better than that. And then after missing three land drops in a row, they played into it. Uh, and I tagged all their Icarids and all their Narcomoebas. And then I eventually hit lands and put two Plague Engineers on Zombie. And they couldn't win anymore. <laughs> That's pretty great. And then both of my teammates <laughs> lost. So oh, no. like I said, none of my matches ended up mattering. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you get any kills with uh, Nickel and Diming Punishing Fire? I always love the uh, Punishing Fire for 20 oh. over 20 turns. <laughs> <laughs> um, not in this event uh it there are definitely matches where it would have happened if my opponent hadn't realized they were very dead and conceded to play the next game um but yeah that kind of thing happens all the time especially if you get both because then it's actually a bolt every turn instead of uh one damage Mm -hmm. yep um then we got to draw into the top eight even though we lost that match we drew and we got into the top eight and uh Keeping with the theme, I guess, I played against Black Red Reanimator. I got turn one uh, on the draw, and I didn't have Force Will. I didn't know what he was playing, and uh, yeah, so I died very quickly. And then I was able to uh, pull out the next two games. I think the matchup is actually very favorable. Eric Landon might disagree, but I'm winning a, a lot more than I'm losing. <laughs> and uh <laughs> and uh so yeah i was able to win and then both of my teammates lost their match so no no match that i played in the team trios event mattered but i will still say it was super fun and i was you know very very thankful for my team it was a lot of fun to play with them nice awesome uh any other events on the horizon um so for me actually the uh in, in January, I guess, there's that uh, tournament that all these legacy quarterlies feed. Uh, so I'll be playing in that. And first prize for that, I don't know what the actual prize is, but you get an invite to uh, the Magic Online Championship. And so the effective prize is 5K. So I will, uh, you know, be, be trying very hard to win that one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Sweet. Um, anything else uh, you want to touch on with the deck before we kind of move on? Um, I just want to say that uh, for those uh, for those who are trying to pick it up and learn how to play it, uh, you know, feel free to uh, drop into. There, there's a few discords that I'm a part of where you can send me a message on Twitter or something. Uh, I'm very happy to you know tell you what I think uh, about the deck. I have a YouTube channel where I upload common matchups with the deck uh, and I try to treat it. I I try to walk through every single decision point that I make. I know I miss a ton of them, but people have told me that they really enjoy these. And so I I keep trying to put them out as I, uh, as I play against decks that I don't already have up there. So, you know, there, there are resources out there for you to learn the deck and I'm always super excited when people play the deck and tell me, oh man, that's the most fun I've had playing Magic in a long time. Hell yeah. Awesome. 
Uh, Pat, should we talk about the hot button issue of the week? Um, yeah, we can go over that real quick. I know there was a yeah, we can talk about the SCG announcement. Of course, they meant they you know announced that they were dropping uh, Legacy as one of their uh, prime like you know basically they run like. They're not. They're the opens, right? So they run like the modern opens, the standard opens, the legacy opens. Uh, they are dropping uh, legacy as one of their open formats, and they are switching over to essentially pioneer. Right? Did I get that right? Uh, pretty much. Well, not just the opens, but also the classics. Well, so the classics are always always reflect what the opens are. So unless it's a, a team <laughs> open, and then the classics will be usually two of the formats and not not all three. Um, so typically like if there's a legacy open, there'll be a legacy classic the following day. If there's a modern open, there'll be a modern classic. As far as I know, those don't get cross pollinated where you have like a modern open and then the same weekend you have a legacy classic on Sunday. Um, so basically like, you know, any legacy events they have are being swapped over to pioneer or some, some number of pioneer slash modern events. Um, which is kind of like, which is kind of crazy considering this sort of the spot where modern's at, but, um, they obviously are chasing chasing the money of that's behind Pioneer, the hype that's behind Pioneer, and uh, there was a whole lot of hand wringing on on Twitter, especially, but also on Reddit, uh, which like you know, you gotta take it with a grain of salt because that's just that is just the place where all the squeaky wheels go to hang out with each other, kind of thing. You know what I mean? So, uh, but uh, you know, I I mean, I came up pretty strong in that I really don't care if like if Star City supports Legacy, it doesn't really matter to me. Like I didn't feel a whole lot of affinity for Star City Games anyway as a company, um, so like the fact that I just like I felt kind of compelled to go to them if they had legacy events in the area because like you know I like to go to like larger legacy events when I can and when they came to Worcester it's it's hard to argue being twenty minutes away going to, like a five hundred person you know eight hundred person legacy event is pretty sweet but um, but yeah so a lot of people were upset about it and and you know calling for calling for the heads to roll at Star City Games and Wizards of the Coast and all kinds of craziness. And and really, I think, like, the lesson to be pulled from here is that... And then I think Chase will probably echo this, too. Like, the strength of the legacy format is really in the community. It's not in, like, Star City Games. It's not in Wizards of the Coast. It's not It's not in, in Channel Fireball. It's really uh, it's really the, the community that makes the, the, the scene strong. And uh, we have lots of uh, listeners who are like, hey, you know, like, we kind of took this as the impetus to build our own legacy scene here. And you see a lot of uh, places that had like uh, legacy FNMs that all of a sudden like quadrupled in size and stuff. And I mean, that's all anecdotal, but it, it is something that I saw on more than one occasion. So, uh, but yeah, that was the announcement from star city games. And my, my reaction was very much, you know, don't worry too much about what star city does. Like they, they don't, they don't run our format. We run our format. And, and, uh, and again, the running has been kind of on the wall for, for legacy, for a while now to go sort of the way of vintage and old school. But uh, Jerry, tell me kind of, a you know, your, your, uh, your thoughts on the announcement and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that people blaming star city games, there was a lot of hate for star city games that came out mm-hmm. um, when the announcement was made. I think that's misplaced. Uh, honestly, I think the only 
villain of this scenario is the reserve list. Like, it just blows my mind that people can still think that the reserve list is good for the format mm-hmm. when, you know, just look around. Like, I feel at this point, uh, reserve list apologists are like climate change deniers. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on, guys, just open yeah. your goddamn eyes. Yeah. Like, the, the reserve list is killing the format slowly but surely. And if we want, like, we're fighting all we can, but I mean, we can't stop time. Eventually, it's just going to get to the point where it's too much, Pat, where we just, we can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we want legacy to be successful in the future, then the reserve list needs to go away. And anyone who doesn't, who wants the reserve list to stay in place is essentially asking for legacy to go away. Um, I think that's kind of selfish of people, but you know, that's, that's up to their, their decision. Um, but yeah, I mean, Star City Games is a business. They made a business decision. I thought their uh, the article that uh, Pete came out with uh, kind of explained the decision. I thought that was really good. I mean, they, they he said so in there. It you know they should have ended legacy support two years ago if they were thinking purely as a business standpoint. Like mm-hmm. it, it two years ago is where they should have cut the line. But they loved the format. They wanted to support the format, so they kept it going. And at this point, it's just you know their business. They need to make money. They they can't do it anymore. Yeah, and like um, I like I said, it's it's you know events and and uh, I want to give Chase a, ch- a chance to talk here too, but events are a lot easier to run and and the the costs are easier to to manage when you're not trying to pay like a company as well as like people running the events. You know, do you know what I'm saying? Like when SCG comes out to 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 run an event, they have to pay for everyone who's there, and and uh, like local stores don't have to do that. You know, people who are running it at like their local Knights of Columbus. Don't have to do that. And the bonus is, like, if you start running your own tournaments, you kind of take the scene underground. You have to do some really cool, fun stuff with it that doesn't – that's not necessarily something that Star City Games can do, like have your event at a bar. <laughs> you know what I yeah. Mean? I mean, with that, I don't want to be all doom and gloom. Like, I don't think this is the end of Legacy, like people were saying. Like, that is a gross overreaction. Yeah. Um, what I do think is that uh, it's just – it's a hit to Legacy. It's a hit to the availability. But I – think the community is going to step up just like it did when star city games first announced that they were reducing support and when when star city games reduced uh, support we started to see all sorts of uh you know other legacy terms pop up in fact the lal open was partially in response to star city games reducing support for legacy it it was indeed and we are now planning our sixth uh open which is pretty cool uh so chase as someone who who admittedly you said you don't play a ton of um of uh of paper magic how does this uh kind of affect you and and how do you see the community moving forward from here yeah so i don't play paper magic but that is because there is not a paper scene where i where i am uh when i lived in seattle there was you could find a weekly that would fire any day of the week uh twice a week at least you could get uh 30 40 50 people weeklies uh, Mox Boarding House and uh, Card Kingdom, I guess they're all Mox Boarding House now, uh, do uh, you know have a fantastic legacy scene with people that will play every week and there's a bunch of people, it's great. Um, I don't remember how long ago it was that Star City stopped coming to the West Coast, uh, but uh, we were uh, you know probably echoing a lot of the feelings that people are echoing or are you know saying now or I guess they're echoing us from back then. We were, we were worried, like, you know, what, what, how are we going to play these, these big events? But people, uh, people always will step up uh, as long as there's interest in the community. So that's, that's really what it is. You just need a community that'll, uh, that'll play with you. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Speaking of also a couple people have approached us. We're definitely open to, um, you know, working with tournament organizers around the country to, I don't know, maybe try and get like a legacy consortium going. Uh, I know Travis down with the legacy pit is getting started down South. Um, Matt, uh, from, uh, the Arizona crew reached out to me. So, um, I mean, it's, it's going to take some organization. It's going to take some, uh, some blood, sweat and tears to get things rolling. But, um, you know, we're definitely open. Uh, there's some talk that was thrown around about like maybe events, giving buys to other events and having an invitational, um, so if, if you're a tournament organizer, uh, somewhere in the country and you want to try and get something going, uh, so we can organize some events together, you know, definitely hit us up. Yeah. And we had, a uh, I don't know how many people asked you, Jerry, but we had quite a few people ask me about, uh, taking the LAL opens on the road. <laughs> Did you want <laughs> yeah. to address that at all? I mean, I would, I would love to take the LA opens on the road. I mean, I think what it just really comes down to is a budget. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, if, that's also why like the uh patreon is super important like because mm-hmm. i think at this point pat the majority of what we're spending the patreon budget on is either is a paying justin our editor because mm-hmm. he does some good work uh and also just kind of pouring that into the la opens getting yep. prize support those bonus packs we hand out the food drive raffle stuff so i mean patreon stuff helps donations um help as far as like prizes and stuff because i mean at this point the community if it wants to have these events it can't be as focused on just you know pure ev like right. this isn't a job this is a hobby we all want to have fun um and if if certain people want to step up you know it all the help all help is welcome yeah speaking of ev uh, um i saw that nate golia had put up a, a post on twitter this is a few days ago because he's kind of in the same spot where, you know, for him, like Star City Games doesn't visit the Texas area very often. But he uh, is looking to do like basically kind of, kind of similar to what we're doing right now. And again, having like a consortium of, of TOs around the country that are sort of promoting each other's events and coordinating so that things don't overlap. Um, but he had put out a, a post, just kind of like a, uh, a poll on, like, what is your main driving factor for going to an event? And uh, it seemed like the uh, city, like, nightlife was the clear winner. With Overwhelmingly. E- yeah, with, it was with really e- interesting. behind it. But honestly, I also think, like, the people who are going to the event, are I, if, that, if that was part, one of the choices, probably would have made it even higher than the EV as well. Like, EV is, in, in my opinion, for most of legacy players is not like the driving factor for tournaments because if EV is a big factor for you to go to a tournament, no one would ever go to a GP, right? Cause that has like such e- low EV. Like, well, you- it, it's not just EV. It's just like, it's the difference between driving or not like, sure. or like traveling, I would say. Cause like I'll go to my, I'll go to my local stores tournament. If I have to pay entry fee and prize support is uh, like a standard booster pack, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm going to play magic, but where the difference is, is like, I'm not going to drive to New York to play in a tournament with a low prize payout because mm-hmm. you want to at least like make it worth your time. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But I think that's where the location comes in is like, if these tournaments were held in locations that I want to visit anyways, and I can make it into a vacation that I think takes the EV equation out of it. Like. Mm-hmm. If we do leaving a legacy Vegas, Pat, (laughs) like I'm sure like I just want to go just to have a good time in Vegas and it doesn't matter what the prize support is. Zero magic being played at that. uh, (laughs) Uh, Leaving legacy has to be canceled because we're both arrested for running an underground gambling ring. Yeah, exactly. In Vegas. (laughs) Exactly. And I want to touch on that, that EV 
thing. I I just yeah, please. flew up to this this tournament with, and and you know just the flight already makes the EV just horrible for me, uh, right? <laughs> right? But I got to uh, I I spent a weekend with my parents because my parents still live in that area, so that was that was great. Uh, and I got to see a bunch of friends that I haven't seen in a long time. Uh, got to reconnect with a bunch of old buddies. That was great. I got to play fun magic. That was great. Uh, but I, I was not thinking about uh, EV. It was all travel costs. That's that's mm-hmm. the main reason I didn't go to the GP. I knew I was going to travel once for magic this year. Uh, and I decided that uh, I would go support my buddy and and see a bunch of old friends. And also it would be, uh, I wouldn't have to pay for a hotel. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, uh, awesome. but it, yeah, if you're playing for EV, just grind Magic Online. If if you really, if you're if you're good enough to make money on Magic Online, uh, then that's that's where the money is. Your EV is going to be low at any other event. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like that's how EV works. So so if if you're not making money on Magic Online, EV should not be your your calculation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said. Yeah, so that was the SCG announcement. Um. Again, sky isn't falling. Like you know, your local scene is going to pick up the slack where there is slack to be picked up. And if it's not, then you got to get off your butt and do something about it. Don't just cry and moan and and like I said, be the squeaky wheel on Twitter because there's endless amounts of those. Uh, do something about it. You know. Yeah, actually, I was really happy to see the high turnouts at FNMs because mm. honestly, that's that's where the legacy scene gets the most of its strength. Totally. And- yeah. The more of those you can go to, the better it is. Yep. Um, activity breeds activity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even if you don't feel like it, just like going there and getting there. Like, I've had that. Like, I've had nights where I'm like, ah, I just don't feel like playing magic. And then my buddy texts me and like, hey, I'm going to see you there tonight. I'm like, all right, I'll go. <laughs> and I end up having a great time. And, you know, that's the difference. Like, the number of people who make that decision to just go just makes the community that much stronger and that much more out alive. Mm-hmm. I, I agree completely. Um, by the way, did you end up going to uh, the Time Vault open on Saturday? So I actually switched um, my buddy Nick, who actually, he had a kid, so he hasn't played Magic in uh, about, I don't know, I want to say like three or four months, because he's a, he's a new dad, mm-hmm. and he uh, he texted me out of the blue, and he could go to uh, F&M on Friday, but couldn't make it on Saturday, so... I decided to uh, switch and do. I did F and M on Friday, uh, and I had to be a responsible adult and get things done on Saturday. <laughs> unfortunately, as the side effects. <laughs> yeah, I uh, started my kitchen remodel on Saturday, so I couldn't go to it. But my wife was also working anyway. Uh, but uh, I'll try to make the next one if I can. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, say please. say hi to Adrian for me, by the way, in the kitchen in the uh, kitchen remodel. <laughs> hey, different rooms. I'm I'm in the I'm in the I'm in the kitchen. He's in the bathroom. We're we're making it work. You know. I figured you could just like talk through the pipes. Oh yeah, probably know? like like knocking the pipe. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll do ASMR leaving legacy next. Be great. <laughs> uh, so Chase, before we get out of here, um, I do have some questions from uh, from the Twitterverse. If you uh, wouldn't mind answering them, we got like like four or five good ones here. Absolutely. Okay, so Travis from the Legacy Pit wants to know how the hell do they beat you on on Magic Online? Play burn. Play burn. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jace Uptick asks, "How good Goyf is?" Uh, it's in the current minute. It's really good. I really don't like playing it. I would really love Ren and Six to get banned so that I can cut it, but it's really good right now. Yep. Wait, I have a question. Yeah. Why? Why no thing in the ice? 
Come on, man. It's my baby. Uh, I've never, I've just never gone down that path mainly because it's like, it gets pyroblasted. Uh, that's, I, I tried it in a few other decks and I've never been super impressed, but I mean, the card's really cool. I just have never, I never wanted like my game ending threat to be, uh, pyroblasted and also slow. Mm. Jerry, if, Jerry if, also thinks it's cool because he's sitting on stacks and stacks of foils right now. <laughs> he's hoping you were going to give him the green light to sell them, but he, now he's got to send them some, some more. Uh, I do have it. I'm going to change your mind. Here, read this terribly written article from 2016 <laughs> explaining why Thing in the Ice Punishing Fire is the greatest thing in, in who, the world. Who wrote, this, who wrote this article, Jerry? It, there's a smudge over the, art, the uh, <laughs> author name, so I can't really make out who wrote it. Okay. It's on it's on Hipsters of the Coast though, Punishing Ice. In fact, it's a trilogy. There's Punishing Ice One, uh Punishing Ice Two, Freezer Burn, <laughs> and then <laughs> Punishing Ice Three, Guide to Punishing Ice, because apparently people couldn't really figure it out from the first two articles how to play the deck. <laughs> so I helped I helped them out. I mean the author. Yeah. The author. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whoever that is helped them out. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Um, all right, let's see. Uh, I'm so sorry for that, that he was just pitching you a uh, thing in the ice on the cast. That was embarrassing. Um, uh, let's see. Nick Rogers asks, uh, he, he says he's interested in his thoughts on keeping Punishing Fire in his build. Seems not good against most decks in the meta, but I guess the synergy with Dak is just too good to cut it? Question mark? Uh, yeah, everyone tells me Punishing Fire is not good in the meta and then I cast it a few times and I wonder what what meta I'm playing in versus what meta they're playing in. <laughs> and I feel especially with this deck it's like yeah you know Ferrari you don't need engines you just you don't need them. <laughs> the the thing is like it's it's certainly weaker than it than it has been in a lot of places in the past and part of that is because of these these new planeswalkers. Uh, they start with a high loyalty, they come down early, and they incentivize people to play cards like Tarmogoyf with, with higher toughness. Uh, but you you can't look at a card and judge its effectiveness only against Delver. Uh, the card is still even passable against Delver. You can you can kill Delver of Secrets with it, you can you know, pressure planeswalkers with it. You can make Tarmogoyfs win trades with it. Like it still does a lot. Uh, it just doesn't, it's not like in the death Rite shaman era where it killed death Rite shaman and it killed Delver and it killed young pyromancer and it killed tokens. <laughs> like it just killed everything. It doesn't do that anymore, but it's still good. And it, it is just lights out in against like non blue fair decks, which people mm-hmm. say don't exist, but I keep, finding them (laughs) i i assure you i keep playing against them and the punishing fire is really good there Hmm. yeah that's a card that always like i my gut reaction is like oh man it seems like so much work to like to cast it bring it back cast and bring it back especially because there's so many red and sixes around and wastelands that want to take out your groves but uh you've, you've obviously had success with it so what you know why fix it if it's not broken right yeah and if you've if you ever play the mirror and i i hope uh, that you never ever have to. <laughs> it is, it is miserable, and you realize, <laughs> you realize how messed up Punishing Fire and Grove is when you play the mirror. How how much uh, better has your deck gotten from the London Mulligan? Uh, it, it's hard to say exactly because there's been a lot of stuff that has happened at the same time as the London mm-hmm. Mulligan, but mm-hmm. I think it got a lot better. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I noticed when they were testing it and I heard Jerry telling me about how good sneak and show was and how the London Mulligan was broken. I was, I was just crushing everything. <laughs> like the, the deck was, was very good. Uh, from the start, my, my man of problems basically went away. Yeah. Which I, I appreciate. <laughs> uh, speaking of, what was that article that came out, Pat? Pat, I, I keep you around because Pat just uh, reassures my ego every, from time to time oh, yeah, by, so, by reminding me of things that I predicted that come to pass. I, th- I think it was PV <laughs> had said something about, I, I think it was Paulo, had just basically, oh, maybe it was... No, I don't think it was Paulo. It was Zvi uh, Mashowitz or however yeah, you say yeah, it. Was v, yeah, Zvi. Yeah, Zvi Mashowitz, yeah. It wasn't a fan of it. And uh, somebody, clipped an, uh, a, somebody clipped a piece of the article here. Let me pull it up real quick. Hold on. I'm in like 900 uh, chats on Facebook. Um, but let me see if I can find the excerpt here. Um, every game looks the same. Both players do their thing or else one player fails to do it, is likely also down cards and never has a chance. Lots of time is spent shuffling and going through the same motions over and over again. And that is like almost verbatim what Jerry had said on the <laughs> podcast when the London Mulligan was announced. Before I think even I had a chance to even try the, the Mulligan out. Jerry's like, this is just going to lead to so many not, like so many more games where like they're just ships passing the night and both play. It, it, it basically, it was almost word for word. It was very eerie what, <laughs> what, what, what Jerry had said. Uh but uh, but yeah. What, what so, kills me is he's coming at it from a standard perspective. Like right. the London Mulligan was instituted for standard players, and now the standard players are the ones complaining about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't feel strongly about it either way. I, I I can't say that it's had the same effect that Jerry claims it's had, or as V has claims it's had, at least on Legacy. But uh, I just thought it was really funny that there was at least two people in the world who said the exact same thing, uh, and you know, being completely unaware of the of the other. So it was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, the thing about Legacy, though, is like it already has built-in effects that do that. That's what cantrips do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think that really, in the context of, of Svi's article, he talks about, you know, decks just doing something that's so absurdly powerful relative to the rest of the format. And that, mm-hmm. to me, sounds like a design issue, not an issue with the mulligan system, right? Mm-hmm. Like the problem with that format, I watched my standard player cast turn to Oko a lot of times uh, and it does not look fair in that format. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's not, <laughs> not reasonable. Uh, and, and I think that's the problem is that there is, you know, stuff that is so clearly above the rest that, yeah, you're going to, you're going to have problems with that. Even if the mulligan is different. Maybe you're incentivized a little bit to build these decks, but I, I think that you're going to want to build those decks even if the mulligan is. Uh, what did we have before Paris? No, mm-hmm. yeah, Vancouver, uh, Vancouver, yeah. Vancouver. Yeah, Vancouver, Vancouver. Yep. Yeah. My my perspective is if Legacy hadn't been shaken up as much as it has been in the last year, we would be feeling the effects of it a lot more. But I think we haven't had the ability to have the boringness of the London Mulligan set in because like every other month Wizard seems to be printing another like game busting card for Legacy, mm-hmm. which the frequency has really stepped up. It's getting crazy. <laughs> it's too much. It's too much. I also think I mean, obviously, my lens is very specific. I, I play this one deck almost exclusively at this point because I find it to be so much fun. Uh, my my deck is so unbelievably fair that there isn't a busted hand that you can mulligan to, right? It's just like 
can my mana work this game? Do I have three lands in my opener? Okay, I guess we'll we'll keep it and see how it goes. And every game plays out. Uh, the early game plays out a little differently. The late game, obviously, when you see your whole deck is going to play out the same every time. But you know, it's always a puzzle how to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think yeah. the The problem with this current legacy metagame that people keep harping on is the these planeswalkers. <laughs> Six oh yeah Echo. let's go because that's that's what you were going to convince pat that planeswalkers are okay <laughs> yeah i'll try uh <laughs> so the the issue right i'm not saying every planeswalker is is great i think i've said multiple times in this point in this uh conversation that i would not mind to see ren and six go uh the issue i don't think is the card type planeswalker people have been uh, talking about how there is not, uh, there are not good answers to planeswalkers, mm-hmm. and they don't like that planeswalkers um, generate value when they come into play. Uh, I can maybe get behind the idea that there's not good answers. I think there are cards in almost every color that deal with the planeswalkers that people are annoyed with uh, at either tempo parity. Uh, or tempo advantage, not so much card parity, I suppose. Um, right in white, you have uh, Council's Judgment, Oblivion Ring, and it's Ilk. Uh, in green, I guess you don't really have much in green, but you've got creatures, and you can play cards that don't care about Planeswalkers if you're talking about just green on its own but you can splash cards for like Abrupt Decay or Assassin's Trophy, things like this to deal with Planeswalkers. Red has Magmatic Sinkhole, which deals with almost everything. Oko kind of ruined that, but (laughs) Magmatic Sinkhole was very good against everything that's not Oko. Uh, It also has Pyroblast, which can keep them off the table. Uh, Black has uh, Hero's Downfall uh, and... I think D-Spark is black. And there's this new card that costs only one uh, and it removes five counters from a permanent. I don't yep. remember that one's name. Yeah. But, yeah. but they, they all exist. And then uh, I missed a color. Uh, blue oh, blue has counter spells. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, that's that's the best answer to everything, I guess. Um, and, and there's more if you start you know mixing colors. You can, you can figure out a way to beat Planeswalkers. Mm-hmm. But... Then they, you know, they say, okay, well, I guess some answers do exist, but they still get up a card. But that's just how magic design has been for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just planeswalkers that do this anymore, right? Creature like Rogue Refiner was a standard defining card. It's a three-two that generated two energy and drew a card, right? You could remove it, but they drew a card. But this is like a, a normal thing in design that something will generate value when it comes into play, and the only decks that are not really abusing this kind of creature are like Delver, right? And every other deck is playing creatures that do something when they come into play, if they're playing creatures. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think that's like a good faith argument that Planeswalkers generate value when they come into play. The issue Mm. is with these new Planeswalkers that have high loyalty and demand immediate answers and are cheap, right? Ren and Six locks people out of the game and that's just unfun right it mm-hmm. <laughs> it generates value but really the important thing is they can waste you 
over and over and over and over or uh, ping your creatures down or whatever. And that's awful. I haven't had enough experience playing against Oko. I imagine it's also miserable. It looks miserable in standard. I can't make a statement in legacy, but like I've been playing other planeswalkers for three years. No one has ever complained to me about Jace or Dak Faden or Obnixilis Reignited or Chandra Tortured Defiance or Ugin yeah. the Spirit Dragon, right? These are these are cards that people maybe maybe they don't especially like them like I do, but uh, I've never heard this this complaint before. Uh, we saw Red yeah. and Six and Oko. I think there's there's something different about badly designed planeswalkers and well designed planeswalkers, and that's really what the issue that we have to uh, solve. I guess Wizards kind of is in the design camp, so they have to solve it. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, just just the power, like um, the one sidedness and power level of of Modern Horizons really tur- has turned me off from like that set entirely. So like even things like Plague Engineer, Renin Six, those cards just have been bugging me lately. So and I'm always you know I'm always one to uh, to speak uh, hyperbolically. To say the least. So, yeah. uh, but no, I I get what you're saying, and like, and <clears throat> for sure, before we saw Oko, and and more importantly, Ren and Six, like Planeswalkers were not a, a defining part of the legacy metagame. Like you still saw, you would still see like Jaces out there and whatnot, and some Lilianas were kicking around, but it wasn't like it wasn't in every deck, and it just seems like Ren and Six has been fitting in every blue, you know, every rug deck, and then decks that can also squeeze them in uh, are taking putting Ren and Six in there, and. It just leads to unfun games, in my opinion, you know, um, when every deck is Rug Delver with recurring wastelands, it's just like, ugh. Yeah, you know? and uh, yeah, um, I can definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um, and that that was my main my, my main gripe. And then it, people also like, and I get what you're saying with uh, when Planeswalkers come down immediately generating value. I, I almost feel like have the, having them be summoning sick would be, make them a little bit more power down. Uh, and I think Min was like, oh, that would make so many Planeswalkers unplayable. And I was, I was like, yeah, good. That's, I mean, that's that's what we well, want. The thing, but, the uh, thing every is, planeswalker, it... literally yeah. everyone would be unplayable <laughs> if they had summoning sickness. Uh, I don't know about every planeswalker. If you played four mana, Jerry for a Jace, and it came down, and you couldn't do anything with it immediately, wouldn't you like just not want to play that deck, that card anymore? So I was thinking a fair compromise, but it would never happen because it's a rules nightmare. Is Planeswalkers can only be played in the first main phase, and their abilities can only be activated in the second main phase. Uh, uh, I mean, that's maybe a thing, I guess. <laughs> what would that do? Yeah, it let it. Oh, sure. It, you get a chance to respond. You get a chance to, that, to or... respond to the to the planeswalker before they just get value off of it. Got it. I so, see. but an- another thing that I saw that's very similar. Uh, but slightly different was uh, re- the, you put the loyalty counters on as part of the resolution, so so they oh. still get value, but you can bolt it. Yeah, hmm. that's not as bad. That's not. So I bad don't think either. that fixes the problem though, because like you can still hydroblast or pyroblast uh, planeswalkers now, and it's but they're still just like it's never a true one for one. And I know we just talked about how you know that's the direction magic has gone in. But I just think Planeswalker's upside is so high and their downside is so low that even if you just lower their downside a little bit, it, it doesn't matter because their upside is still just so freaking huge. 
But I mean, we, we don't talk about tireless tracker in this way and tireless tracker does the same thing. It, just as an example, right? Every turn you play a land and you draw cards and you have this giant thing. If you don't deal with it, you'll die. But like, it's, it's yeah. very similar. I think having played a lot of tireless tracker, actually, I, there's a lot of parallels. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. I, I don't claim to have the answer. I do want to also quickly say that I think a lot of like people have been posting on, on Reddit, uh, like card designs that deal with planeswalkers or something. And I think to, to me, it highlights that a lot of people aren't quite sure what the problem is. Uh, they just recognize that they're losing to people that play planeswalkers, or maybe they're finding games against planeswalkers unfun. But a lot of the designs don't seem to really solve the problem. They, and I think it's, I think there's, people really need to uh, take a, a really good hard look at what, what the problem actually is. Like, why am I not having fun here? Why am I not losing here? Uh, mm-hmm. And, and that, and also maybe understand what kind of cart fixes that because a lot of the designs are either uh, like way outside the bounds of reality or uh, don't solve the problem. And, and I think as a, as a community people, uh, we need to sort of figure that out. We need to identify the problem and figure out what it is we can do to solve it. Yeah. Let's go back to the gentleman's agreement. No one plays, no one plays Oko or Ren and six. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm okay if we ban those cards, that's, but, uh, if people keep wasting me, I'm not going to be able to, uh, abide by that agreement. <laughs> at least i think when i play random six i don't know that people are as bothered because i'm not wastelanding them <laughs> yeah true <laughs> all right i think there was one more question uh i wanted to just uh let me pull it up real quick i lost it here oh um if <laughs> if renin six gets this is from uh pulsa Marasa on twitter if renin six gets banned would you cut goif and go back to some number of built oh absolutely if renin six get banned gets banned i already have a list uh <laughs> I, I i'm excited i i want renin six to get banned because that deck looks way more fun <laughs> all right we are prepared awesome all right well do we want to get into some scoops and poops because we're starting to run a little long tonight oh uh, yeah sorry for talking so much no, 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 that's why you're here. <laughs> Everybody, we have guests who were like, oh, sorry, I talk so much. It's like, no, 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 that's that's exactly why we bring you on. People want to hear from you guys. I love it. Fantastic. Um, all right, awesome. Uh, Jerry, who do you want to scoop in a top eight this week? Uh, well, real quick, Pat, I also forgot to mention um, the, we have the uh, hoodies are up for oh, sale yeah. again. Yeah. So if uh, you want... I wore mine the other day. It was it was very comfortable. Hell yeah. A bunch of people were asking for them, and I finally got off my ass and put it together. Um, so it is on the Facebook page. The link is. I'm sure we can include it in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. But if you just go to custom ink slash leaving a legacy, it should take you to the page. Uh, you can get the hoodies. Uh, try to make them as affordable as possible. Uh, so we don't really make anything on it. I just wanted to get those out to people who wanted them. Um, and yeah, feel free to grab them. And also tournaments. Let's let's do some. Hit us up, people. Awesome. awesome. 
All right. Well, who are you scooping in top of this week, then? Scoops. Uh, first, I wanted to shout out uh, Gaming for Gains. Their, uh, char- their charity event's coming up soon. They're leaving uh, yeah, the Legacy. This Saturday, order. I believe. Yeah, this Saturday. Uh, do you have the details of where that is, Pat, Handy? Uh, yes. I believe it is Enfield, Connecticut. Let me just pull it up real quick. It's on my calendar here. Uh, yeah, Gaming for Gains. It's uh, in Enfield, Connecticut at the Knights of Columbus, 371 George Washington Road. And I believe... To get in, it's either twenty dollars or twenty-five canned goods. Uh, sorry, twenty-five in cash or twenty non-perishable food items. Uh, legacy registration starts at ten fifteen. First round pairing judges meetings at twelve. They also have old school EDH and modern. Um, and you can find all those all that info if you look for gaming for gains nine. Uh, it is on Facebook and the the events. It's a uh, I've actually never gotten a chance to go out to one of these. Matt has always requested, you know, I said, hey, come on out. And I've had plans to go out to like one or two of them. And then something always comes up. And uh, he, of course, I wanted to make it to this one. And if I can get my kitchen, uh, I'm remodeling my kitchen right now. If I'm done with it by Saturday, I'm going to try to make it up there because it sounds, it really sounds like it's awesome. They do an awesome job raising, uh, you know, uh, know, generating food for the food, the local food bank there. So it's it's a pretty great uh, event to be part of. Yeah. Hell yeah. And then for my second scoop in, Pat, I wanted to scoop in. Have you seen Daybreakers on Netflix, Pat? No. Oh, is this another <laughs> like magician show you're telling? No, me it's not another magicians. Uh, I'm a, well, you are a boomer, so you won't actually like this I, show listen, too much. <laughs> I am so tired of that fucking like. Uh, that is like the most offensive. Like, I hate it. Okay, and boomer. Know you, you know you're being a boomer by saying you hate the okay boomer meme. It's no, a no, self fulfilling like prophecy. Meme. I just don't like that they're calling me a boomer because I'm 34 years old. <laughs> Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Practically boomer territory. I was born in the 80s. <laughs> okay, <Mid-80s>. boomer. <laughs> oh, man. it's. I mean, it's funny. Uh, I, I find the humor in it. It's just like, man. <laughs> so anyways, Daybreakers is a coming-of-age teen dark comedy about high school students surviving the nuclear apocalypse. And the reason why I'm scooping it in, Pat, is one of the episodes is based around one of the characters needing to get his magic cards back in the apocalypse. <laughs> He's, he, uh, he literally risks his life to get his time vault back. Jeez. <laughs> so, I don't know if that's worth it. Uh, it's a fun show. Um, it, it is. Uh, it's pretty good. I, I definitely recommend it. And it is just a fun kind of campy reference to magic. Seeing uh, yeah. magic on the screen there is always fun. Seeing references. I'm pretty sure you could ask Tom Smiley, but time vaults are still pretty valuable now, even before the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, and they're they're worth even more so after the apocalypse. <laughs> Any poops this week? Uh, you know what, Pat? I'm gonna. I've decided on a new standby for poops when I don't have poops because it's always relevant. It's always relevant, Pat, and that is the reserve list. Uh, fuck the reserve list. <laughs> okay, I like it. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna scoop in uh, Jared Dunner, uh, also known as Yasu Yasai. Uh, again, I'm oh, sure I'm, what's I'm, up? I'm messing up the name. Uh, but last week on the episode, we were talking about his burn list. Uh, it was an interesting burn list. It was on the deck dump or, or the challenge. I can't remember. Um, but he was playing Seal of Fire. And we were I, I was kind of scratching my head. I think Jerry was also scratching his head, trying to figure out why he played Seal of Fire over something like Shock or Lava Spike. And he actually messaged me on Twitter. And I thought that was really cool. So I want to just uh, kind of uh, relay what the info was, because I'm sure other people had the same question that we did. And he said he plays Seal of Fire because it's the best version of Shock. I wanted to replace Lava Spike with something that could kill creatures. Tried out 
Seal of Fire, and it had been in the had, and sorry, and it has been in the deck ever since. It kills almost everything that Bolt does and has many upsides to how it plays. So I thought that was really cool that we got feedback on that because again, it was you, you see those things sometimes and you just don't you know you just have the question but you don't know who to reach out to and and uh, surprise surprise they reach out to us so that, that was pretty awesome so I want to scoop him in the top eight. Sick. And uh, for poops this week. Uh, let's see. I'm going to poop on whoever laid down the laminate floor, uh, that I just ripped up on Saturday. It was a nightmare to rip up. And, uh, because like there's, you know, who probably did it, Pat, uh, a boomer. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Probably did. Uh, I ripped up the old one because it was gross and curling up and it was a mess. And I have a new floor that I've been sitting on for like a year and a half now. So I finally want to put it down. And, uh, and man, I think I have to go out to Home Depot and get some Luan and like, Put down like these quarter inch sheets of Luan because the floor, like the subfloor, is just not clean enough. To, even after working on it for four, four or five hours on Saturday, is not clean enough. Like a uh, you know to to lay to lay tile down on. So I gotta go make another trip to the depot and spend a bunch more money I don't want to spend. And but at least Pat, it's kicked off our kitchen remodel, so that's pretty exciting. Pat, you just spent like ten minutes talking about your kitchen remodel. I don't think mm-hmm. you're helping your story about not being a boomer. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Are boomers the only ones who are homeowners? Yes. Thing yeah. yeah. No, literally, boomers are the only ones who are homeowners, Pat. Oh, like yeah. that's I'm, I'm that's so literally sorry. part of the meme. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, my wife and I have worked our that's a, that's a cornerstone, reasonable size house, cornerstone a, of the meme in, a, in an up and coming neighborhood. I'm so sorry that we pooled our money together and went deep into debt to buy our own house. Okay. So sorry, millennials. Okay, boomer. How about you, Chase? Who do you want to scoop in the top eight this week? All right. I want to scoop in Dylan Jupp in Geek Fortress Games for uh, hosting the Puget Sound Battleground. Uh, Dylan Jupp, you know, he puts in a lot of work to keep the community strong. He uh, showed up on Sunday after uh, having a kidney stone uh, issue earlier that morning. So real, uh, you know, real commitment to his event in the community. Really appreciate that. Uh, I want to scoop in my teammates, uh, Logan Ray and Austin, Texas Johnson, uh, <laughs> and uh, all my buddies that I that I saw, met back up with uh, Ian, D- uh, Dylan Falk, TJ, uh, Ryan. You know, tons of tons of people. Thank you all. You you make magic great. I'm sure everyone uh, everyone feels that way about their uh, their own community. Um, I want to scoop in, uh, everyone that stops by my, my stream every Sunday to make me listen to the best music that's ever, uh, ever existed. <laughs> uh, speaking of plug your stream, man, how can people, uh, watch you, find you? Uh, yeah. So I, I stream at twitch.tv slash strifo, S-T-R-Y-F-O. Uh, and, uh, I stream the challenge every weekend. Uh, when I'm around to stream it, obviously this weekend I've decided to play paper. Hopefully you won't, uh, you know, hate me for that. Uh, and uh, very rarely I stream during the week, but I am a uh, graduate student, so I, I don't always have the time. Any uh, any poops this week? Um, I want to, let's see, poops. Uh, Doomsayers for the Legacy format. You're not making it better by declaring that our format is dying. <laughs> 
Like <laughs> part of what we need is, you know, confidence and strength in the community. So let's uh let's try to keep the message positive. Agreed. Yeah, don't don't be another squeaky wheel in a in a field of squeaky wheels. <laughs> be the guy with the oil. Be the guy who's got the solution. Be the person I should say the person. Be the person who's who's gonna put the effort in and keep this this awesome format and community alive because it really is second to none in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. And even like just helping other people do it too. Like the leaving legacy event wouldn't happen if Tom and Ian didn't help us out with the charity drive. Um, if Wilson didn't help us out with cardboard live, if Michelle Mm -hmm. didn't host the event at gaming, et cetera. Like, so I mean, Zach is in the booth all day too at the last couple events. Yeah. Zach's been a great addition. He, he also, Yeah. yeah. So there are just so many people that go into making an event run. So just because you're not like the person doing it doesn't mean you can't help. Yep. You know, every every little bit goes a long way. Absolutely. No, we're th- we're thankful for that. We have a great community and we are endeavoring to keep it as strong as we can because uh we it's just it's just great. I love it. I want my kid to play in the same game stores that I played at when I was started playing Legacy, you know? For so sure. Yeah. Awesome. Can I throw one more scoop out there? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. I I got to scoop in Joe Klebowski as well. I I I'm I can't get every name, uh, but I really am trying hard not to forget anyone. I want to just, Joe's been one of my magic friends for a long time. We've known each other for probably 20 years. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's always great to, you know, have, have friends who you can, you know, talk to and play with or whatever, whenever. So, uh, and also sorry if I forgot anyone by name. (laughs) <laughs> just, there, it's okay i forget a, i forget people every week in fact i'm almost positive that there was another event pat that i was supposed to scoop in this week and let people know about but i told them to remind me monday and they didn't and this is oh, what happens geez. you don't remind me and i forget i have the memory oh, of a goldfish uh, people hackbert. it was hackbert the az Arizona. this is why i keep you around pat <laughs> aha i found it sweet all right so um the Arizona folks, uh, he wanted to g- us to give him a shout-out at the end of the cast. Uh, they're streaming a tournament next Saturday that is our year-end invitational cap to a year-long Legacy series that's running here in Phoenix. You can find it twitch.tv slash Arizona Eternal Magic at noon MST. I don't know what the hell that is. Uh, 2 Eastern Standard Time. That's Mount- next Saturday, Mountain Standard the 16th. Time. Mountain Standard Time, Pat. Huh? MST. Mount- millennial standard time yeah millennial standard time <laughs> okay that's exactly what does that it. run that what does that run like 30 years behind uh all other normal times <laughs> no it's the is future like the pat guys, it's the future 60 or like i guess like 50 is that when you guys get it moved out of your parents house jerry when do i have to stop mailing things to your parents address, when you get your address? <laughs> listen <laughs> man i live in an apartment building without a porch my packages go to my parents house so yeah. that i don't risk losing them okay snowflake all right well thank you everyone for <laughs> hanging out with us this week chase thank you so much for coming on man it was great to have you uh we need to have you back on again uh soon because i'm sure we left out a bunch of stuff i feel like we didn't we barely talked about the pile today but uh it was great to have you on, man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's always uh, it's always fun to talk magic. <laughs> great. Um, and also, uh, stop by the 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 stream, uh, twitch.tv slash strifo, correct? Yep. Awesome. Yeah, stop by his stream. Um, let's see, you can find us on Twitter at LALMTG. Strifo, uh, what, are you at Strifo on Twitter? Yep. Awesome. So at Strifo, you can find Jerry at JME3RD. You can find me at Pat Uglo. The stream for us is twitch.tv slash leaving a legacy. Find us on Patreon. Find us on Hipsters. Join the Facebook group. 
You can email us. Uh, we don't get a lot of emails, honestly. I'm kind of, I'm kind of like a not offended, just sort of sad. I know Jerry really looks forward to him there every week. Uh, you know why, Pat? Friends, no one talks to him. So if you guys could send us an email, leaving a legacy at hipstersofthecoast.com, he'd really appreciate it. Uh, he's a lonely boy, so he send him e- some love. Emails are for boomers, Pat. I actually have a lot of friends on Discord. Uh, you wouldn't really understand that. I wouldn't understand Discord. <laughs> All right, Jerry. You know, Jerry, the first the first uh, uh, message board I was ever a part of was Bolt.com. You remember Bolt.com? <laughs> no, because I'm not a yeah. boomer. <laughs> uh, Bolt.com was awesome. I learned about it at the Gravity Games, uh, summer 1996. I believe it was 96. Uh, it was at the Gravity Games. It was like an extreme uh, sports event down in Providence. Rhode Island, uh, they had luge going down like down like the crazy hills near Brown out there, and uh, it was a good time. I saw a dude do the first backflip on a motorcycle uh, ever. It was pretty great. That was on my birthday many years ago, and I learned about Bolt.com. It was a uh, it was like a it was like Facebook Facebook before Facebook was around. It was cool, and they gave me a keychain, and I saw Seven Dust and Dope there before either of those bands became moderately successful. It was cool. Oh, and once I saw a blimp. All right. <laughs> uh, thanks for, to Justin. He's our audio tech sound engineer. Uh, he's the one who flips the switches, twists the dials, and makes sure Jerry doesn't kill me with that long-ass pause after that statement. Uh, I hope he just edits in a couple crickets there in between. I've been talking about it. Jerry goes, all right. <laughs> Um, Chase, thanks again for coming on, man. Thank you all for hanging out. We'll catch you all next week. <laughs> Bye. Oh, my yeah. God. That was, that was great. That was a train wreck to the end of the show. I love it. So. That was good. We got there. We got there. <laughs> <laughs>